The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's time for a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from Oxnard, California, in the site of Training Camp 2023. We've got half the crew here this week after having everybody here last week, which is uh, it's it's unfortunate, but it's exciting. What's up, Nick Harris? Yeah, I'm doing good. They, they, it's so lonely over here. <laughs> it's overcast. Our people are gone, but no, I'm, I'm excited. It, for it feels like the last week of camp. There's not a single Radio yeah. Road 10. All of the cushy radio stations have gone back to hide in their studios, and they've kind of just been just yeah. missing for the last you know, week and a half, two weeks, and then you've got... The media, there's just select media that are kind of hanging around. These are the real Cowboys reporters right yeah, this here. This is for the real grinders. Yeah. This is for the real grinders That's right what here. it is. <laughs> Speaking of a real grinder, Nate Newton, I called him a couple minutes ago, and I said, hey, uh, we only have two on the show today. Is there any way you can make it? He's on his way. So we've got reinforcements coming. Love it. Just like the Dallas Cowboys. They do. Have a reinforcement coming. And that's probably the top story uh, about training camp. And we'll get to the preseason game. We'll get to how – I kind of let Cowboys Nation, talking Cowboys Nation down by not saying zebras or no cap or whatever it was on the broadcast. That's all on me. I didn't say any of them. I let I let Beam down as he's letting me know back behind. Uh, yeah, I let everybody down in that regard, but I had a lot of fun calling the game. We'll talk about that in a moment, talk about that in the second segment. But first, Zach Martin is back on campus, and it yeah. feels like there should be a parade for the guy as he walks in or, or bikes in or whatever ends up happening. Yeah, captain is here. Uh, I think it comes at a really a really important time. I know we talked about it on the Camping Out podcast last night, but you had said early on in this whole ordeal that I think he'll be back right after the first preseason game. And sure enough, you were right. He came in uh, – uh, that news broke yesterday afternoon, and he came in uh, yesterday evening. Um, it was funny because uh, me and Patrick Nosey Walker, a former um, you know trader of the show. Um, <laughs> we By were, the way, uh, he's going to be back on Thursday. So he will. That's yeah, crazy. I didn't even the know that. Thursday, That's breaking yeah. news for the entire <laughs> world to know. Um, but uh, we were we were out staking out front, just kind of waiting on him to walk in. Uh, you know, just so just so we know when he walks in. And uh, Haley Sutton and our team photographer Kalina Williams, they they walk up to us. They had been you know somewhere else the whole day. They're like, hey. Did y'all see Zach? And we were, we were like, nah, he hasn't walked in yet. And he's like, he's right over there. I was like, how did we miss him walking in? So it was kind of a funny moment yesterday. But, yeah, he was he was all smiles yesterday. He, he got the raise that he wanted. And it works for both sides financially because I, I think the problem that the front office was running into was, yeah, we really want to give Zach what he wants and what he's earned. But at the same time, we have to give extensions to these guys like Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, potentially Tony Pollard down the line, Terrence Steele. I mean, the list goes on. So – uh, you had to you had to if you gave money to Zach in an extension then it had to take sacrifice to those guys yeah. 
But they were able to restructure it to where it's not an extension. He just gets an $8 million raise over the next two years. That doesn't really affect those extension talks. Those guys still have the same amount of money on the table. Uh, so it works for both sides financially. But I think more important than anything, it gets Zach Martin back on the field at a really important time here at training camp and before week one. Because, you know, in an offense where the running game still needs to be established 100% behind Tony Pollard, um, you need a guy like Zach Martin to help facilitate that run game at right guard. And it gives you your best player on the offensive line. So that's going to help with a new offense overall. It gives you a leader. It gives you a presence. And it gives you just some some added stability, which I, I think all three things are something that Dallas needed up front. I mean, it's no secret. I mean, this is a young offensive line. This is an offensive line that needs a guy like Zach Martin in the fold. And it, it's been unfortunate to, to not see him out on the field. We haven't really had the chance to talk about it a lot just because, I mean, it is what it is. He's holding out and he's not here and nothing really changed. It didn't It didn't look like it was going to change. I'm happy that it did, though, because now you got a chance to move forward. It feels like this team was doing everything they could up to a certain point because up to that certain point, you don't have Zach Martin. And if you don't have Zach Martin, it's hard to really further your ball club. Now they can continue to push forward together, and that's what I'm excited about. He'll probably see limited reps. He's been working out. He's been working with uh, Coach Merriweather back at uh, back in Dallas, and he's been active all the way through. But then now he's got a chance to get these live reps yeah. in practice, and he's going to continue to to push forward. So what do you what do you expect from Zach Martin this week? Whenever you get a chance to to, to sit down and finally watch him on the field, how do you feel like he'll fare? Yeah, it's probably going to be a ramp up, just knowing how Mike McCarthy uh, operates, and I I don't want to neglect the walk up right now of the great Nate Newton. <laughs> so welcome to Nate Newton to the show, everybody. <laughs> Hey, glad you guys invited me, man. Wow. Well, we're talking about the, the guy who has started training camp for you, right? Yes, sir. Begins uh, it. Training camp has officially started today. Zach Martin is back, and, uh, man, I am excited. I'm, I am overjoyed. The question that Kyle had for me that I think would be a good question for you as well is uh, what do you think he brings week one? Is it more of a ramp-up stage and getting him into that mode? But also I think leadership off the field is going to be the big part of this week, correct? He's the glue. He's, he's the glue. He's the glue to our center. Be honest, he's the glue to uh, Terrence Steele of making our offensive line solid. What, what he does, and, I, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper if you'll give me a chance. Sure. What he does is – Last week, man, you were talking about how the young kid, uh, Awesome, gave up a sack. Where if Zach Martin would have been in there, our quarterback could have stepped up into the pocket. Because what it is, we have a soft middle now, and everybody's getting pushed back three to five yards. That leaves our quarterback uh, 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 not a lot of room to step up and to maneuver inside the pocket. Zach Martin will cut half of that down. He will, he will allow our tackles to be better so they can just run guys around the edge and stay with them where it's not having a two-way go. That is what he does. He gives Biotis a, a sense of confidence, you know, to know that he'll step down there, secure that block while he's looking out, taking care of Steele on that right side. This guy's the ultimate team player. He's the ultimate team leader, and we need this guy yep. if we're going to be successful this year. Yep. 
What do you think? Yeah, it, it, it just allows more depth in that pocket. When you can have a guy that will keep his guy on the line of scrimmage, that just yeah. kind of opens up the whole thing for whoever's at quarterback, whether it be Will Greer, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, or so on and so forth. Uh, we probably won't see Zach Martin during the preseason, but um, I, it's, it's great that we have him week one. Again, I mentioned it on the podcast last night. It's so nice that this happened before week one rather than week eight just because – they can get this new offense going with everyone up front. They can get this new running game going with everybody up up front. So uh, I think this happened at the perfect time for everybody involved. Maybe uh, you know, maybe right at the buzzer for for everybody <laughs> involved. But nevertheless, I think it works for both sides financially, and it works for both sides on the field. Well, I mean, for as much as it does feel like it was right at the buzzer, I mean, look at the dates. I mean, it's Tuesday, August fifteenth. The crazy. first game is September tenth. I, I mean, it's still almost an entire month, five days short of a month of f- f- getting Zach Martin back into the fold before that week one matchup. So the, reason I say, the reason I say at the buzzer is just because if this, spent, if this time that was spent without Zach Martin was spent evaluating, A, a potential replacement at right guard, mm-hmm. or B, somebody that's reliable to rotate in at right guard, I don't believe either of those tasks were accomplished. I, and I, I think Zach Martin needs to be here to help lead that room a little bit to, to find it, the answer to either of those questions or to just be that buffer until they can find that guy or bring him in. <laughs> more, more important, he needs to be on the field. Yeah. Because now we can start practice, and I'll give you an example. We have not had a pressure drill, and the pressure con- uh, drill consists of blitzes by linebackers. It's a passing situation. It is about 12 plays. And every start of every pressure drill, it starts out four bad plays for the offense, sack, sack, sack. And that is because our offensive line has no continuity. What, what this guy, Zach Martin, brings, brings continuity. Number one, by stopping his man up on the offensive line like you talked about earlier, giving our tackles a sense of confidence to run these guys around by giving uh, a hand to our center so he can stabilize himself. And and now our left new left guard, which is our old left guard, Smith can do his job. Yeah. So now it just stabilizes everything. We need consistency. You talked about that last night, Kyle, a lot on, on Camping Out uh, podcast. The consistency that he brings of being a guy that plays up on the line of scrimmage, of being able to move people off the ball when it's a run situation, it gives us creases. Now our running backs will be better, and we'll see a better team. He brings physical as well as mental consistency. Do you think the reps without him in training camp have been – I mean, I think disappointing. Just good. Just good reps. Yes, sir. Uh, That's – now that he's back in the fold, do you think this is where we can see the benefit of those reps? And oh, yes. The benefit of, of not having him there, not being able to rely on a guy like Zach Martin around you. And then you, you take the step up and you're like, oh, now 70 is in there. And now I can rely on a guy like this. You know what's so funny? And now I'm not – he is not Magic Johnson. The Lakers. The Lakers were a good team without Magic. And they probably could have went into the playoffs without Magic. With Magic, now you see a world championship team. And I'm not saying this guy's going to make us a world championship team. Sure. But now I believe more than ever that we, we have a shot at the NFC championship. I, I, I believe that because what he does, and, and I'll say it a thousand times, is he just gives us consistency. 
he gives us a solid wall up front. So when we're calling three-step drops and five-step drops, we know it's going to happen. And more importantly, when we call that ultimate seven-step drop, to sit back and let Cooks get behind somebody, we know he can stand tall, step up in the pocket, with it, and, and throw off of that, and, you know, throw it, however you do the little jerks, so you know what I'm saying, and he can really re- release it. We practice you know? that every morning, don't yeah. we? We're in the- <laughs> Getting after it. Yeah. He's 32. And Mm -hmm. I I believe he turns 33 at some point uh, this next – or I guess this season at some point along the way. Is 25 days or however long it is until week one, is that enough to to ramp this guy up and and get him ready to go? I know – I mean, he's Zach Martin, and he is is shown to this point that it feels like he's almost indestructible to to a certain extent. But, I mean, at some point age does come into play for everybody. I mean, Father Time's undefeated in in the world of sports. The – the, I, I'm not even saying it's a worry. I don't think it is for me. I think he's going to be fantastic. But is there any sort of concern on just how quickly he's going to have to ramp up without those first teams? There was a question that Mike McCarthy got in a press conference. I believe it was last week, and it it, it was asked um, whenever Zach gets here. You know, with this new offensive system, is there going to be a little bit of a learning phase for him? Do we are y'all going to have to get him up to speed? And Mike was very quick. He's like, No, everything we're doing, <laughs> he already has in his bag. That's so um, I think if anything, it just brings another teacher into that room. I mean, you have a guy who's been absorbing this information during uh, many camp and OTAs and it, it, the holdout only started about a month ago so it's it, and it's not that like Zach Martin hasn't been deep in that playbook since then um, so I, I I think it helps across the board for just him being here I don't think there's going to be any sort of lapse there it is always a, a connect whenever a guy was holding out with us either either a player our coach, our assistant was always calling, hey, this is where we at. This is where we, we know you're holding out, but hey, look at your playbook. This is what we changed. This is this affects you. Uh, now, don't worry about that. We, you know, we can get past. It's always a connect. So he's not, he's not behind. He's not behind. And, and the thing that we we need to understand is there's there wasn't anyone on the street. There wasn't anybody in the camp that was close because some things you can wait on and I'll give you an example we can wait to see who can be the number two running back but you can't wait to see who's going to be your first team start at offensive guard because it's just it's it's too big of an impact it's a big impact and and you can feel the impact from his return I mean I was talking to coach Linda Wells the other day and he said he said man the big story is that big man's back on campus he said let's throw a parade like let's let's make sure he's he's welcome out here and I'm sure Cowboys fans will be very excited to see him back out on the field as the Cowboys do hit uh, a full padded practice today and tomorrow here in Oxnard before really ramping up and then traveling to Seattle on Friday. But when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, uh, we can maybe continue the Zach Martin conversation, how it affects the offensive line. But I also want to take a look back at preseason week number one in the matchup against Jacksonville. Some good, some bad, some to work on for the Cowboys after the first preseason game. We'll talk about it next on more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? 
Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic they say champions are remembered but legends are never forgotten united ag and turf offers a winning lineup of john deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field legendary john deere tractors combines residential mowers commercial mowers compact construction equipment gator utility vehicles and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment united ag and turf the official ag and turf equipment supplier of the dallas cowboys Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This portion is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of your Dallas Cowboys. We have some text on the text line, Cowboys podcast text line, 817 290 Nine eight. Send us your text messages, your questions. We're talking first game of the preseason. Cowboys fall to Jacksonville, twenty-eight twenty-three at AT and T Stadium. It was a great atmosphere, great crowd. Uh, ultimately, the, the Cowboys just fell short in a, in a come from behind effort. They took the lead in the third quarter. Everything was working in their direction, and then a guy named Nathan Rourke had made a couple extra plays, a couple big plays on Dallas. So definitely some room to grow, a ton of positives to take out of that first game, and I want to get y'all's, y'all's impact on that. But, yeah, give us a text, 817-290-3298. I see Bruno here from Staten Island, New York, says, great show, guys, longtime Cowboys fan, and he uh, he enjoys listening to us. And since I married a girl from Staten Island, I'll have to uh, I'll have to shout out Bruno. So His there you go. Bruno, that's sick. That's a pretty sick that's name. That's a sick name for Staten Island. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a look at the the Jacksonville matchup. What were your thoughts on on what you saw in Arlington on Saturday? Uh, I want to start defensively, um, just because this defensive unit that trotted out there to start the game got reps against the first team and they got reps against the second team, most of those guys. And two guys specifically really shined and Damone Clark and DeMarvion Overshone. I, I think there's a lot of concern about the linebacker depth on this team. I think the more these guys get on the field and the more that these guys get reps, I think the more that those concerns should be quieted a little bit. Uh, just because these guys not only have youth uh, with experience, but they also have athleticism that flies them across the field from sideline to sideline. Uh, we saw that on, on Saturday afternoon. Damone Clark specifically was all over the place. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone had a huge stop on third and one where he just filled a gap and stood tall like a brick wall. So uh, I really liked what I saw from both of those guys. You know, Mozzie Smith, he had some ups. He had his downs. I think it was what you could expect from a rookie. You could say that from for the rookies across the board, aside from Overshone, who had a great day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was it's those bright lights, and that's going to be tough to overcome the, for your very first game. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of things to work on for Mozzie, but at the same time, he's, he's on his track. He's 
he's on the track for high potential. And I agree with you, man. But my offensively, man, I was just Jake Ferguson, just to mm-hmm. see him step in and, and make the blocks that he made and to, to catch the passes that that he caught. That that was that was uh, awesome. And last night we did the camping out show, and uh, I just can't uh, speak enough defensively about 33 and and 35 overshone and, and the other kid. It just was that was a uh, marvel to see because I've been concentrating mostly on running backs and tight ends and linemen and just worrying myself to death. So when I look at the defense, because, um, you know, all you see is number 11. But uh, a lot of people telling me about Overshawn and the other kid, 33, from LSU, his name Demone is. Clark. Demone yep. Clark. Uh, I don't know why I can't grab his name because <laughs> this guy you gotta better remember it. I, 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 but, but, you know, I'm, I'm a Landry. Gonna make I'm, you I'm, remember. I'm old Landry, too. You know, call him by the numbers. It's more simpler. It is. You know? it is. It really but uh, these two guys opened my eyes and made me realize, like, these kids can actually be – well, one of them already is, but Overshawn can play day one. Yeah. When If the season was open tomorrow – and coach said, hey, Overshawn is our Will slash Nickel, uh, Nickel Mike backer. I would not have a problem with it. Uh, they just make plays. They come downhill. And when they don't make the play, they're still in the right gap. They're in the right place. And that forces you to other guys. And so I'm with you. The defense, to me, uh, has no has no no holes. Our offense, that's just you know, it's a it's a different story which we talked about in the first segment. You know, so yeah, and I think the I think the stronger point with the defense that we've we've come to get accustomed with over the course of the last I guess ten to twelve games that they've played is the fact that all eleven guys do their job, and that was evident in a preseason game. So I, I think that's that's huge towards the potential of this defense this year. You know, because when everybody's on the same page, everybody's doing their job. Then whenever that second level has to fill gaps, that's all they got to do. They yes. just got to do their job. They don't have to step back in coverage because a nickel missed their assignment. They don't have to, uh, you know, fill a gap that they're not supposed to because a defensive lineman's in the wrong place. So it, I, I, it's it's going to be fun. This defense is going to be great, and I think we could see that even in the preseason with a lot of the starters that were already out. I asked Dan Quinn on Thursday last week. Got a chance to sit down with him and kind of prepare some content for the Seattle game that's coming up. And I asked him the question. I was like, who who has been the biggest, not surprise, but who's yeah. been the, the best rookie? Who's mm-hmm. been one of the, the rookie standouts on, on your unit? And it hit the first name, and it was no hesitation. He said, D. Overshone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he really likes what he's seen from DeMarvian Overshone. And I said rookie specifically, so keep that in mind. I mean, there's right. a couple guys there. He also brought up Eric Scott Jr. a couple seconds later, just talking about what he's done and grasping the, the defense and knowing his assignments. But the fact that Overshone is doing what he can, when he was drafted, everybody looked at each other and said, that's a Dan Quinn guy. That was exa- long, rangy, has some safety background, has some position versatility. That's a Dan Quinn guy. And he can put him anywhere and play him anywhere and just hope that an offense doesn't know where he, what he's doing, and that's a pretty good hope. So based off of what you've seen from these linebackers, it's almost the opposite of what happened with the offensive line. You came into camp saying offensive line depth and linebacker depth. You need some young guys to step up in both regards. I could argue right now that offensive line hasn't had a step up, hasn't had a show out in terms of the depth, but the linebackers certainly have with both Damone Clark 
to Marvin Overshow, and I thought Malik Jefferson prior to the injury on Saturday was having a fantastic camp too. So I think the linebacker depth has stepped up in a way that the offensive line depth hasn't. I'll say this about the offensive line depth. There are some guys that have, A, surprised me during camp, and B, have taken the next step. And I, But I just don't feel like anybody is really taking that step to be the sixth guy, yeah. to be that guy who can be relied upon That's if a someone great goes way. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned TJ Bass. Um, you mentioned Austin Richards. I think he had a really uh, strong outing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Brock Hoffman is another guy that had a really strong outing on Saturday afternoon as the center. Got a lot of reps at center, uh, which was interesting to see as a you know a potential uh, interior depth guy. But I, I just need to see one or even two of those guys take that next step and be the sixth, the sixth or seventh guy. So and, I just feel like we haven't seen that. And what we mean by that is be consistent. Mm-hmm. See, you're not going to, as often as a lineman, your, your hands are not going to always be perfectly inside. Or you're not going to always have a perfect deuce block where you split it right down the middle. But guys that refuse to give up, guys that are willing to fight, you know, take a stance, you know. And this is what we're talking about. If the, we just need for a guy to say, hey, I'm the man. You know, you may run over me, but you know what? It's going to be a trench this wide in the ground with me hankering down to fight you every step of the way. That's what we need. And that comes with uh, reps for Hoffman and all these guys and uh, Awesome and these guys. They need reps. And and sometimes I think you have to move on from other guys to give these guys the rep. So I want to watch practices day to see who's the starting uh, – who's the st- – the backup left guard, who's the swing tackle, because now with coaches watching film, they should be narrowing it down. And by and by, by the end of this game that's coming up, we will see see it even more. Who is the backup guys? Who do you feel like right now is that guy? The the guy that's most likely to step up and fill that role that you're you're alluding to, the one that you're saying, hey, that I'm going to step tackle up and push is, is I think is awesome. I mean, you it could be different for him, but I, I think. I would get seventy sixth opportunity. Okay, I would too. To be to be the swing to be the swing tackle, and I would work him there exclusively. You know, and I, I'm I'm not one of these guys that believe that if one guy go down, and we all talking about Tyron Smith, if he goes down, now you slide this guy out, and you put this guy. You got to make eight moves for one guy. I'm just praying that if something happened to Tyron, we lead uh, Tyler Smith at the guard, and we have awesome. Uh, we have uh, Idoga, you know, he's stiff. I don't like him, but not not as a human, but as, up, as a player. He's yeah. stiff as an iron board, man. I see iron boards have more flex. <laughs> but uh, that that isn't my guy. Maybe he's a gamer, yeah. like the guy we brought in last year, the big kid, the all-pro Hall of Famer uh, last year. Jason that, Peters. Yeah. You know, he could give us 30, 40 plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we would need from these guys. I think with Chuma Yidoga, his body type is more of a guard. It's right. more of an interior guy, and, and that's that's where he's gotten a lot of his reps during his NFL right. career too. So, you know, before he went down with injury last week, I wanted to see a lot more reps at interior. But uh, to that same point, um, I was talking with Nick Eatman yesterday, and he brought up a really good point. The fact that Awesome Richards started at left tackle was really interesting, and, and I think we've been thinking about that over right. the course of the last few days. And Nick was like, 
Yeah, it was probably set for Chuma to get that start at left yeah. tackle. But then once he went down, Awesome had to step in and take those reps. And that's a really good point. And, A, I think Awesome did really well with that challenge. I'm excited to talk to Awesome today because I just want to talk to him about that game planning and having to kind of, you know, uh, cram for that test. Um, but he did well at left tackle. And when he slid, in, slid slid into left guard, I think he did even better. So uh, I, I want to see more reps at both of those spots for him. The 210 sending us a text saying, good morning, guys. What have you seen from TJ Bass and do you think he could step in if something is needed from him? His strength is in his legs and he has to play through that. Uh, he's got to get a better strike and he's got to always play from a, a leverage position. He's always got to play with his knees bent and his hips bent and his head up and his chest back. So uh, he's going to have to be a technician but I think Coach Solari likes him mm-hmm. and he's going to give him an opportunity but with all preseason games, the first one the guys that have already been established gets the first run. After the preseason game, then it's every man for himself. Now coaches say, you know what, let's put 76 there, which is awesome. Let's put T.J. Bass, which is, I think is 66. Let's put him at this right guard, and let's give him a first run with the first team. You know, they'll mix and match. Yeah, and the thing with T.J. Bass, I know I've talked about it on the show a couple of times, I think. It's, uh, it's what he comes from. Um, his offensive line coach at Oregon that went out of his way to go recruit him uh, whenever he was coming out of the JUCO ranks. Alex Mirabal, who I, in my opinion, is the best offensive line coach in the country. It's hilarious because he's like five foot four. He's this right, tall, right. but he's Tony he's, Wise, like yeah, yeah exactly. I'm my old coach, yeah. <laughs> but man, he he that technique is what is so strong with him. And right. guys that come out of that system at Oregon, Mirabal is now at Miami. But guys that were coming out of that system at Oregon come out with so much technique and just. Yeah. Pers- Steen movement and I right. see that from TJ Bass he has those strong legs like you right. said he has that lower half that drives forward he's got the great hands so it's just about putting it together and like you said staying consistent that's going to be the biggest thing for him and while Saturday was also our first opportunity to see the offensive line it, it could also be our first opportunity to see Mike McCarthy as the play caller as well and, and how this West Coast scheme could work out and and how it could continue to build as well I mean it's a very thin margin of the playbook but we got a question from the 817 Billy uh he says uh was it was the play calling just held back was he rusty was it vanilla what did you guys see from the way that Mike McCarthy called the game I I didn't have any problem with it it's the first preseason game it's probably going to be a little bit vanilla because you don't want to show anything on offense. But what did you guys think? Yeah, and you also have to think, uh, KYP, know your personnel. And, and the personnel that was on the field it doesn't necessarily reflect what will be out there in week one, uh, especially from a skill perspective. I mean, you didn't have C.D. Lamb, you didn't have Brandon Cooks, you didn't have Tony Pollard, you didn't have Dak Prescott. So, like, it, as far as play calling specifically, you have to keep it kind of quote-unquote dry. I don't want to call it dry, but I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, just because you, you – Yeah, I know. I'm a little part I'll get a little black rifle. Where's the black rifle? He's good, He's, you're you're yeah. good at the sponsor thing. Um, you fit well on this show, Nate. <laughs> Isaiah would love you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. But it's all good. Uh, um, the play calling. I, yeah. I think it was dry to a certain extent, but you don't want to open up everything in the preseason. I, I I think what we could take away from a play calling perspective is that he's going to put uh, the guys on the field, he's going to play to their strengths. Yeah. And uh, one specific moment stood out to me. It wasn't executed, but they were put in the right spot to uh, to execute. Um, they were uh, The Cowboys were in plus territory, I believe it was late in the second quarter or early in the third, and uh, had about a second and eight situation, and they went back to 
back-to-back slants to Jalen Brooks. And it, Will Greer couldn't connect with him on either of those attempts. It was kind of a, a rough for Jalen Brooks to get either of those attempts. But what we've seen through camp is Jalen Brooks taking those slants, being physical, creating that early separation, and getting that ball and, and driving up field to get that first down. That's, that's exactly what this offense is. It's putting those guys in the best positions to succeed. It just wasn't really executed at that point. But going forward to Seattle, you're going to see a slant to Jalen Brooks in, in a second and you know long situation or so just to pick yeah. up that first down because that's what he's best at and, and that's what we see from this offense. I will just add just on top of that, I mean, Brooks was a, a little bit banged up in the game too. He had, had ankle tape and wrapped up. He said it was on one of the first passing plays of the game. He just kind of put a foot in the ground and it slipped a little bit and it just kind of – he, he's fine. He's not on the injury report or at least – he might be on the injury report if it showed up, but he would be a full participant. He's not missing time. But he just said, man, I, I wasn't 100%. I wasn't able to run the routes the way that I wanted to. I wasn't able to play with that 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 ferocity that I've been showing in camp. I mean, there's there's a couple things there to think about with Jalen Brooks. I'm excited for him to be fully healthy and get a chance yeah. at it and, and to continue to roll. The one, the one thing that Nick said over and over, and I, I just it, it is so true, he was calling nice plays. It's just lack of execution. Mm. You know, uh, Will Greer wasn't on target for most of the first uh, – when he first got in, maybe his first 10 or 12 plays, he wasn't on target. Uh, the guys wasn't blocking the way by the time Dukes got in the game because you saw him calling those plays, but all of a sudden they were working. Yeah. So it was about execution with me. And, and when I watch uh, – when I'm watching early in the year, he's still playing to these guys' strength. If, if, if you're this type of guy, if you're a runner – Doddle, you're a runner. I'm going to run you. I'm going to throw you the ball. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he and he's looking, but he's also trying to figure out what he can and cannot do with you. Yeah. So it still comes down to execution. Don't worry about the play calling. Coach, is, that's why he was brought here. And I didn't speak to Coach for the first year because I I was mad because I wanted him to call plays. They all, hey, how you doing, Coach? Hey, how you doing, Nate? I just look at him, you know. <laughs> but now, I mean, every day I see him, I'm hugging him. He's like, I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? He's weird. No, I'm not weird. He just said, I love you, coach. I want you to call plays. Yeah. <laughs> I I think something else that was interesting, you, you brought it up as far as the running backs, is it was kind of checked down central. Um, yes, yes. He talked about it in the press conference yesterday. They got 10 receptions to running backs, 31 total touches to running backs. So I, it's, it's tough to bring out your entire offense when you're trying to figure out who is RB2 and you have to distribute those touches accordingly so uh, you're not going to see this full product honestly until like week three because yeah. uh, there's still going to be some things yeah, to work through in the first couple weeks the preseason for you guys is scrimmage to me mm-hmm. the first four games of the year is preseason to me yeah. so That's you true. hear me talk scrimmage to preseason then about the fifth game you everybody should be in place you know normally the major injuries done happen and everybody the wood and wild how you doing coach harris good to see you man you're great yeah al we have when i saw you coach man i'm ready ready we've got an extra mic over here al if you got time Uh, love that he's He's great man but uh, nick man uh I, i i'm gonna do this openly and uh, cause I, I like you, I appreciate you, it. <laughs> we gonna get y'all Jesse Holly, and we gonna take Nick 
<laughs> no, please don't. I love Jesse. I really do. I love but, Jesse, but I, too. Nick's He's very dude. informative, but Nick is an old line man. He's an old line guy. Tampering. This is, yeah, that's what, exactly what this is. He's about to get fined. Tampering. Uh, let's switch it. Since he's an offensive line man, let's switch it to the defense. Uh, get, get him off of off of his, his heyday. Uh, 360 says, curious on Wanye Thomas's play, the interception to start the game. He said, what better way to start on defense? That's Marco from Vancouver. Let me say this right here. I'm going to have to defer to Nick and you because I'm telling you, I was not looking. Secondary, I was not looking at. Mm-hmm. And linebacker, even linebackers, I admitted it. So what do you guys think about these guys? I, I, I will say about Wanye right off the bat, There's uh, first off, there's no better way to start a game no. than to pick off Trevor Lawrence on his very first passing attempt. Uh, uh, but I really like what I've seen from, from Wanye throughout training camp. He's been extremely physical. He's been in the right places. Uh, he's done his job. And I, I think that's what's so important to put him in that position to succeed. Uh, and, and there's more to that play than just getting the interception. It's being in that right place. But talking about his overall game performance, uh, I, I liked what I saw from him. I think there were things that he has done out here that wasn't quite translated to the game field. Mm-hmm. But I, I overall, man, you have to like what Wanye's done. I think we talked about it, I think, last night a little bit. Yes. That safety conversation is getting a little interesting in the depth of that room because of the guys that are stepping up and uh, you know showing their presence with Donovan Wilson being out with injury. What you think about the, the defensive front? Because you might not have been watching the secondary, but I know you're watching the defensive front. I think front. the defense front played well. Uh, Osa, he's ready. Yeah. You know, he's ready. So I would take the pads uh, off. I, I, would too. I think yeah, I would wrap too. him up. And I'll keep saying this same thing uh, for, for Mozzie. You know, sir, you're, you're not the strongest man in the NFL. There's some offensive linemen out there. Can, they they – and when we was talking to camping, camping out last night and uh, Patrick C. was saying, hey, his strength, this, his strength, that. And I, I wanted to debate him, but I'm not going to debate him. because Smart, smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, because I'm not, you never hear me say, or you'll rather hear me say, I played. I, no, I'm not going that route. But I want to tell him, if I was playing against Mozzie, I would punch Mozzie mm. right in his chest. And for, for, and for the next 60 snaps, I know he's going to try to manhandle me. But guess who he won't touch? Yeah. My running back mm-hmm. or my quarterback? Eat me alive, baby. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that's my, that, and that, is my, that is my deal. You can't just sink into everybody yeah. on every play. You, you just can't throw. Even if you take me and throw me, as long as you don't throw me back into the quarterback, who cares? Yeah. So, and that's what I'm trying to say. He has to learn to not only use that power, but take a step to the right, take a step to the left, close down. Because if he closed down the running game, the way these linebackers run, oh, man, Layton, uh, Overshone, and, and, and Clark. But these dudes going to kill some folks. <laughs> and if they miss them, yeah. they're number 41. My homeboy gonna get him. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah Marquis like Bell is who I'm talking about. Fam, we you. coming to get you, Donovan. <laughs> you better stay on your game, baby. Yeah. I love I'll, it. I'll say this about the defensive front. I, I think a guy that I really wanted to see more from, and I, I didn't, was Sam Williams. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I expected him being the guy that was in the quote unquote Micah role on uh, on Saturday. You know, they had him uh, coming off both edges. Uh, they had him even dropping back at a couple of times. I, I wanted to see more from Sam Williams. I would like to see. More from him in Seattle. So as far as you know, Oso Digizua right. having a great, a great outing. Go ahead, right. take the pads off of him, put on the bubble wrap. Not quite with Sam Williams. I wanted him yeah. to get some more reps. Uh, I, I think he needs it going into the season because I think he's going to have a huge year too. The thing is, and, and I don't know this, but 
he walked out of practice a couple of times early. Is he is he okay physically? It's a shoulder. He's battling a shoulder uh, problem, but it's not it's not serious enough okay. to where they would keep him out in the preseason. Okay. So uh, I, I I think he had separated it maybe at one point, popped it back in, and he's just kind of dealing with that. You know, football injury. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's just a football injury. All right, when we come back, speaking of a guy that's that's played through some injury before, he now has a new home, Ezekiel Elliott is now in New England. I want to talk about the running back position, then we'll wrap things up. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Final segment of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of America's team, alongside Nick Harris, formerly Nate Newton. Nate had some other duties. He's got to go. He's a busy uh, man. He's got to go host uh, the fans as the Cowboys Nation gets ready to, to file in the gates here and get ready for practice on Tuesday. Have one more padded, padded practice tomorrow, and then it's off to Seattle on Friday to, to really get ready for that second preseason game. One other news and note that we've got to hit, Ezekiel Elliott has signed a one-year deal, $6 million in New England. He is now officially a part of the New England Patriots. It's it's a, a bittersweet day, I think, for those that cover the team and that those that cheered for the Cowboys really since 2016. But And those on just, the team as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the fact that he is officially no longer going to wear the star on the side of his helmet, but also the fact that he has a chance to go and sh- show out in New England. I put out a tweet yesterday. I'm super happy for Zeke. I really am. I'm pumped that he got a a spot. He's in a good situation with a great coaching staff. And outside of week four, I hope he puts up great numbers. I I hope he has a great year. Uh, What are your thoughts on on 
his signing and also how that could affect really the long-term visibility of this running back. Room. I'll even say him scoring in week four. There'll, there'll, there'll be some cheers in the crowd if that there'll does be a happen. There'll, there'll be a couple. couple but, there'll be a couple boos, but there'll be a couple yeah, cheers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm super excited for Ezekiel Elliott, not only uh, getting an opportunity like he's going to have in New England to, uh, you know, take on a bigger role than he even had last year. You know, he's going to be alongside Ramondre Stevenson. I think that's a, a really fun running back duo. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to be able to make some things happen in that running back room and, and on that offense. But not only the fact that he's on a team, but also he's going back to 15. He's going back yeah. to the old hairstyle. He's tapping into, you know, who he was whenever he came into this league. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for his new opportunity. I think he's going to flourish in it. Um, I, I think he's going to have a really big year. I would I would have him as my flex on my fantasy team. Okay. Just, just to have just him around. Case. You know, yeah. keep him around. Just as a possibility there. Yeah. I like that idea. Now, would you keep any of the guys that showed out as RB2 or 3 or 4 or 5 on Saturday, would you keep them as your flex on your fantasy team if they played for the Dallas Cowboys? Man, that's a, that's a good one, Kyle. That's I like how you put that one. Uh, <laughs> um, right now, no. Uh, just because I we've talked about it, I don't think there's a cemented guy that's, that's number 2 right now. You can make a case for any 4 or 5 of those guys, and I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, I think there's a logistical debate for every guy that's vying for that spot. Uh, let's run him down really quick. Rico Dowdle, um, you know, he shows that burst. He's got kind of that big body set. He's going to be probably one of your better pass protectors in that room. Deuce Vaughn uh, kind of speaks for itself, but he's going to have that big playability. He's going to be the fan favorite. Uh, he's going to be huge out of the receiving game uh, and on special teams. you got Malik Davis. Similar to both of those guys, he's got that burst. Maybe needs a little bit more improvement in pass pro. He had a really bad moment in the game on Saturday, and it was kind of being thrown into the fire right in those first couple of drives for Malik Davis. I'd like to see him get some more valuable reps on Saturday in Seattle. Uh, uh, but then Ronald Jones, obviously he's dealing with that two-game suspension uh, to start the season and with the groin injury out here, still trying to work him back into the rotation. You know, If he does get back in, he's going to have to make a splash immediately just yeah. because he's having less opportunity as each day goes by. And then Hunter Lipke, really quick. Uh, great in pass protection, probably the best one of that group. And um, he's going to get you those hard-fought, you know, short yardage yards. Do you think that gives a better shot for a guy like Hunter Lipke to make the roster than even Ronald Jones? And that's not necessarily knocking Ronald Jones. He's just got an uphill battle knowing that his contract's more expensive, yeah. he's dealing with a suspension, and right now he's dealing with an injury. Yeah, I would think so uh, for a couple of reasons. A, Lipke um, is a lot younger, you know, coming in as, as a rookie, and B, I think he's uh, a lot more versatile. You know, he's he's shown at North Dakota State, and he's shown even out here that he can do a little bit more things. He can be that pass protector. He can uh, take a couple of receptions out of the backfield if he needs to. He can, uh, you know, get those hard-earned short yardage yards. You know, his very first carry came in plus territory. It was around the 30 yard line I think on Saturday and he just bulldozed a couple of guys to get five six <laughs> yards and I was like yeah that's that bison there that it I is see. so um you know I, I would love to see Lipke get some more reps I don't I don't think he's going to be RB2 here by any stretch of the imagination yeah. but I, I think he'd be a really fun guy to keep around I, I can't wait to see how this running back room unfolds and we'll have another chance at it on on Saturday to see them against Seattle Seattle's got a pretty deep front seven too I mean the more that you look at their defense they have some names that are on both the first and second teams depending on even if they play the starters I think you'll see a good amount of talent uh, from a running back standpoint so it's going to be a good test for this offensive line again it'll be a great test for the running backs and to see their explosiveness their ball security if you're talking about Rico Dowdle so for the most part I think Saturday will possibly provide some clearance i don't think this past saturday did yep. if anything it just showed deuce vaughn can play which we kind of expected we and we were excited to see 
but now you've got a chance to see it flourish a little bit more. You can say, okay, Deuce Vaughn can really play, or maybe Rico Dowdle is, is your, your number two back. But it, it gives you some clarity as opposed to maybe looking outside and potentially finding another one of those uh, veteran running backs that are on the market. Yeah, and we talked about it with Nate as far as the offensive line. It, 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 that trickles down to all of these position groups, just consistency. And I yeah. think that's all they're trying to look for in an RB2, a guy that they can bring in whenever Tony Pollard needs to step off the field and they know what they're going to get out of him. Um, it, that could be three yards, that could be seven yards. It's just let's let's see consistency there. So uh, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we're looking for in these next two weeks in the preseason I think that's why the spotlight is so bright because fans just want to see why uh, or fans just want to see that guy that is consistently showing up every week right now it's Deuce Vaughn I just can't believe we got 45 minutes into the show before we had our first Deuce Vaughn mention after <laughs> yeah, what happened right? on Saturday. That's very true. So uh, we apologize, Deuce, but hey, we got you in there. And we'll talk plenty more He's about it. He's got some air time. He's yeah, got some air time. He'll be, he'll, be right. Right. <laughs> he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Thursday, we'll be back with another Talking Cowboys, 9 a.m. on the Pacific Coast, 11 a.m. Central Time. Patrick Nosey Walker will make his triumphant return on Thursday. We're stealing back. We're taking him back. We may even try and take Nate back. Who knows? Oh, wait, Nate's leaving on Wednesday. Damn. So we'll have Patrick for sure on Thursday with more of the show. For Chris Bean behind the camera, for Nick Harris, Nate Newton, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?